Did you know that nearly 90% of Americans over the age of 12 tune in to listen to the radio every week? Despite the recent changes in media, you may be surprised to learn that radio has the widest audience in the world. So whether you're joining us from a big city, a quiet suburb, or small town America, we're glad you're listening today to Focal Point. The media and entertainment space has been turned upside down and transformed in recent years, and yet radio audiences keep growing. Welcome to Focal Point. I'm your host, Dave Drewy. Today, we're inviting Roger Kemp, producer on Focal Point, to join Pastor Mike Fabares for a fascinating conversation about the impact of Christian radio broadcasting. Roger's been in the business for several decades and has worked closely with dozens of nationally syndicated radio programs, many that are familiar names, including this one. So let's join Roger Kemp in studio with Pastor Mike for this special edition of Ask Pastor Mike. Take it away, Roger. Thank you, Dave Drewy. It's a privilege to be here. My name is Roger Kemp, as you said, and I am the producer on Focal Point Radio. Just delighted to be across the table today from Pastor Mike Fabares. How are you, Mike? I'm doing all right. <laughs> great to have this time with you. It's great. You know, one of my uh, favorite things to do is visit the pastor's office. I'm mm. always intrigued to see. <laughs> a little messy from, from time to time. <laughs> well, I'm always interested to see how pastors sort of set up their place of study. And, and yours is uh, uh, impressionable because you have to pass rows and rows of books. You really like books. When did that begin? Well, it didn't begin when I was a kid, I hate <laughs> to say. Uh, I, I hated reading as a kid. My wife, on the other hand, we met in high school, but she, you know, by the time I met her, she'd read so many books. She had all these books in her house and, and, and she was a reader. And I always thought, wow, that, that's a smart girl I'm dating. And I didn't like to read. It's funny because one of our first classes together in an English class, we uh, had to read Nathaniel Hawthorne and write a project together, the two of us, which was God's providence in pulling us together. But um, I thought, oh, I'm going to look so dumb because this girl knows all this stuff and I, I just – I'm not a reader. Well, she laughs at that now because then God calls me to be a pastor and, of course, that didn't happen until after he just got me hooked on on reading biblical books and commentaries and, and, and church history and biographies. So, yeah, it took off. And I can tell you – and you're listening out there perhaps thinking, I don't like to read either. You don't have to like to read uh, – to read because you just got to want to know what's in those books. Curiosity, right? You've got to know. You, yeah. You was like, well, I want to know more about this. Yeah. And uh, you can't always find that on a podcast. You can't find that on a TV show. You're not going to find that on YouTube, right? You find a lot of crazy stuff on YouTube. But what you need to do is get a good, reliable, published book that deals with this issue. And you can stand on the shoulders of people that have spent way more time studying this than you. And that's what books do. And and I I. I I don't read a lot of fiction. I read a lot of nonfiction books because that's where I find the fuel to understand how others have understood the scriptures. And it allows me just to uh, – it just drives me deeper into 
study and preaching. And so I do. I, I love books, not because I really like to sit down and read. People think, oh, you must be a really fast reader. I'm not a fast reader. I just have to be disciplined to keep my nose in the book and keep reading because I want to know. And that's the thing that motivates me. Well, you're as tech savvy as anybody I know at our age. <laughs> so yes, I know right. you love technology and yes. you, do, you do well with it, but you still really like to have the volume, don't you? I do. I like books. Uh, and I can say, <laughs> I, I, you know, I started preaching before we had sure. know, computers and all that. And, and uh, I remember the yellow tablet and books piled up on both sides. And I will say at the center of my desk, I got two monitors and I'm working on a computer. And there's a great sense of like having the ability to search any book that I have electronically to do it quickly. And of course, very involved Bible software that I use. But um, if you look in my office right next to my desk, there's a chair and it's comfy and there's a big rack of books on a, on, on a roller. It's a book cart. And uh, those are the books I every morning have to sit down, hold in my hand, and read. So I, I, I can't get away from the, the classic uh, sitting with a book, feeling that tactile experience, and reading it. Even though when it's crunch time and I got to prep and I got to find where that person said this or where that commentary quoted that, obviously I'm on my computer a bunch of the day. But uh, but yeah, books are good, and uh, I love books, and I know you love books. I love books too. There's something else I noticed in your office that was intriguing to me, being a radio guy, as <laughs> I saw a microphone in that yes. that suite of monitors yeah, because you go live on the air many times I, I to answer questions, right? And it was probably you that set me up with the right equipment, but I got a rack <laughs> of equipment that now is nicely tucked away and hidden. It's kind of meeting your standards now. The cords are hidden and everything. It's it, it looks good now, but that equipment is great because it allows me to connect from my desk uh, to any of these stations and networks, and it makes me sound like I'm right in the studio. So, uh, And I do have a nice microphone that hangs above my, uh, my monitors, and it's on a little arm so I can pull it down in front of my face and get on the radio. And sometimes I'm on the radio in Chicago or, you know, right. Idaho or, you know, New York or whatever. Uh, and I'm able to do that from my desk. So the integration of radio and study and my computers, all of that, yeah, that's what you see when you walk into my office. And you've just explained why we set aside often a couple minutes on Friday programs on Focal Point to answer questions. Yes. Why, why do you give time as a pastor to get on a microphone and, and answer questions? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, so much of preaching, it's such a one-way conversation. I'm telling you what I think you need to hear. All right, here's what the Bible says, here's what you need to know. But if I don't open up the communication come in the other direction, I don't know what people are understanding. I don't know what they're not getting. Stuff that to me might be second nature because I've read 10 books on it, um, they haven't quite figured out or it confuses them. So Questions are critical, and I love it. We get so many questions from Focal Point listeners, and I love it. And if I get a pattern, I certainly know, oh, Pastor Mike, you've just got to stop saying it this way, or you got to stop <laughs> you know, assuming they know this. So I think question and answer is critical. And, and God, uh, for some reason, has given me a desire to, to even want to do it live. I've done a lot of live Q&A because I just – I have a passion for people to know. And if they're not getting it through the sermons I preached, I want them to get it right now. And I want to say it in a succinct way, and I'd like to say it in a clear way. 
And so uh, I think question and answer is critical because sometimes I'm answering questions people aren't asking, but I want to answer the questions people are asking from a biblical perspective. And the fact that they're asking questions means that they're engaging with what you're saying, yeah. and their curiosity yeah. is taking them to that place where they need to know more. Totally. And, and if you read like a uh, poetry book that you don't understand from the 18th century, uh, you might have no questions about it because you didn't even know what he was saying. And I think there's a lot of uh, things that I hear people talking in Christian terms I don't even know what you meant, so I got no questions about that. It's almost when you start to understand sermons that you're like, well, wait a minute, but what about? And I got a question about that. And do you really mean this? So questions are a great diagnostic for me as a preacher to kind of know that, number one, they're getting it, they're, they're, they're processing it, they're starting to see the implications of it. And I was doing a live radio recently, uh, just taking call-in questions, and you start to recognize that so many of the questions aren't, I don't understand the, what the Bible teaches about this. It's, how do I really implement this in my marriage or my relationships, or what impact should this have on my workplace? And those are great questions, because I want to I help people move this into practice. In it moves life. from education to application in life. That's right. Yeah. And we need that. Yeah. So here's the question, Mike. I mean, why if, if somebody's got a question, why don't they just ask Google? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right, AI. That'll, that'll answer it for you. Uh, yeah, well, because, yeah. Here's the thing. Radio really is about trusted voices, right? Certainly if you have a good network, a good Christian radio station, uh, it's about voices you can trust. You know that they're going to think this through biblically. They're going to take into account all of Scripture. Um, they're not just spouting off. And frankly, uh, so much on the internet, so much on social media, it's just people spouting off. Right. And if you want to get your theology from social media or from some Google search, uh, you know where that leads as well as I do. That, I mean, you, you know telling what, you, what you'll end up with. Uh, there's so many websites out there. I just think people are they're imbibing on on just nonsense of people just spouting off what they don't even know about. I think of Second Peter and Jude. They both talk about people. They blaspheme things they don't understand. Right? They dismiss things they don't understand. They they, they think they understand something and they give opinions on it, but they don't. And I think that's where pastors, which just by the nature of what they do, they're setting themselves apart to study God's word. That's what we're. That's what we as pastors are doing. I'm not. I'm not just a radio host. I'm a, I'm a pastor, and I'm not an accountant. I'm not an architect. I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. This is what I do. And see, that's where you should be going to trusted uh, preachers, pastors, theologians, uh, Bible students, Bible scholars who can think through these things and give you reliable answers. Google's not, not the place to go. <laughs> I'd set you up there. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in a lot of small towns across America, they may not have access to a church that that has uh, straight-up Bible teaching. Uh, we hear from listeners all the time who tell us uh, they're a little discouraged because they can't quite find a place where they feel comfortable that, the, that God's Word is being taught. Do you think Christian radio and Bible teaching on, on radio has, has sort of helped in that regard? Well, it's helped in the fact that it does supplement. If you don't have the best teaching, 
in your church, uh, I would say, and I think you would agree with me on this, that you should definitely find the most reliable Bible teaching within reasonable driving distance of your house. And that may mean you need to change churches at some point. Uh, and, and that's okay, as long as you're leaving for the right reason. But you've got to find a place where you say, well, this is the best Bible teaching I can get within reasonable driving distance so I can be involved in this church. Uh, now, when you're comparing them and it's not me, but to the best in the country. And we know, you know, you've been involved in radio programs. These guys are like, they're golden mouthed and their history. They're 80 years old and they know the scripture better than anyone else. Hard to compare the 27 year old or 35 year old pastor uh, to those guys. So I don't want people to listen to Christian radio if they're hearing really good preaching and try and say, pastor, why aren't you talking yeah, like these guys? Right, right. Not everyone has those gifts or that, that experience. But um, we should be able to say, sometimes I can supplement my spiritual growth by listening to the radio between sermons at my church. But I really want, of course, as a pastor, you know, I care about the pastors out there in the little towns and cities all across. I just want them to be supportive when they can be. If, if, if there's teaching something that's not biblical, right, well then, okay, it's good to hear some complaints, but uh, let's try and support and encourage and pray for our pastors to be better and better at preaching the Word of God. I'm really glad you brought that up because there is a hierarchy here. We're very supportive of the local church. The church comes first Absolutely. and media ministry uh, comes next. That's right. And everybody should be supporting their churches. Everyone should be attending their churches. Everyone should be serving in their churches. I like to put it this way in our church. You need to attend it and to be there. You need to connect. You need to be in some kind of situation where the chairs are turned face to face. And you need to serve. You need to get out of the chair and have a ministry post. Attend, connect, and serve. Those are three critical words in our, our church body because everyone should should do that. And I could give scriptural evidence for all that. And and to me, no matter where you're at, you can't have radio or anything else be an excuse for not attending your church, connecting in your church, and serving in your church. And it may not be the best church in the country, uh, but think if you were in China or <laughs> North Korea, or right. okay, it, it would be even harder. So thank God for what you have. Pray for your pastor, attend, connect, and serve, and then uh, be grateful for Christian radio. You're listening to a special edition of Ask Pastor Mike, of course, Focal Point with Pastor Mike Fabares. I'm Roger Kemp, the producer on the program, taking the whole program today to turn the table a little bit and ask you some questions, Pastor Mike. Bring it on, yeah. Roger. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. What kind of, what kind of uh, response are you getting back from uh, Focal Point listeners that are an encouragement to you? Oh, the, be the best encouragement to me is when people are saying, you know, I really was blasé about God and the Bible. You know, I'd put my trust in Christ, but I wasn't really on fire. And they say, but I started listening to Focal Point. And uh, man, I just, I can't get enough. I, I want to serve in my church. I want to hear more sermons. I, I can't wait to teach others what I'm learning. I mean, that just is the most gratifying thing of all. I want to take people that are kind of slow and, you know, kind of slogging through in their Christian life and get them, you know, put their track shoes on and they start running. Now, that's the best thing. It's so satisfying to know that I've been used by God to be a part of kind of cheering them on to get going. Scripture is inexhaustible. It is. And whether you're a new believer or you've been following God for decades, there's something for everybody, and the, and the whole idea at Focal Point is to be engaged in God's Word and listen to God's voice. Absolutely, and when the attention spans were much 
longer, right? And you got to know with all our reels and TikTok and everything out there, people just don't think the way they used to. Uh, The scripture was inexhaustible for those great minds. Think about it. They were spending time without any screens, uh, studying and thinking and and going deep in theology and scripture. And and God to them was inexhaustible, right? And I could throw a few topics out right now and, and to try and find the bottom of those themes, whether it's the Trinity or, you know, man's responsibility and God's sovereignty or whatever it might be. These are eschatology. How's God going to lay out the future? These are things you could study for the next 20 years and still say, I I got a long way to go because that's the way God's word is. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You, You could take any book and say, go exhaust this. And in a matter of years, you could have every angle of it figured out. But we're dealing with God. This is God's word. God has given us this word through the apostles and prophets. It's living, it's active, it is God-breathed, and that's a book that's never going to grow old. The problem is we get, and here's a word from Hebrews chapter 5, we get nothros. Nothros is this Greek word. We get lazy in our hearing. We get a, we start slowing down. And, and God is saying, uh, you know, we ought to be getting past the milk of the word to the meat of the word, having our senses trained to distinguish good and evil. This is something that happens as we get back into the meat of God's word. So, yeah, we got a long way to go. And sometimes we think because we're carrying computers around in our pocket that uh, we're so much smarter than they were in the fifth century. And I'm thinking, you know what? We have a long way to go in developing our thinking about God, about scripture, even about ourselves. What does God say about who we are and understanding ourselves? These are so many aspects that God addresses in his word that, uh, as you put it, are inexhaustible. They really are. And we should work harder to understand it better. And I want to say a word of thanks, Mike, before we finish up today. Uh, Thanks to those who give voluntary gifts to Focal Point. This is not a business opportunity no. for you. This is not a no. revenue stream for the Fabaris no. family. It is not. In fact, I've been to the offices, and, 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 and Jay Wharton and his team using volunteers, yeah. and we have small staff, and uh, we're doing this out of obedience, and we really value those who uh, connect with us, share our passion, share your vision for this ministry, and give voluntary gifts, because we could not do it without you. That's right. Yeah, and, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. You know, I've got a great church in the sense that they're generous, they take care of me and my family. Focal Point is really a ministry that my wife and I, and even my kids, my adult kids, believe in. We give to this, right? Mm. I'm not on the payroll. We, we believe in what's happening. And as we've talked about before, because one person said, can we get this ministry over the wall to more people? Uh, we are giving to this ministry. We are all about seeing this move forward. And so we're excited about it. We're so grateful for those that are excited with us about it. And we hope that God prospers it and that it continues to change lives. You know, in that spirit, Mike, uh, <laughs> the ministry of Focal Point and Compass Bible Church extends uh, beyond perhaps the obvious. Just very recently, you have started uh, a new initiative on top of your church planting mission uh, of a Bible institute. Yes. Why, why does America need a Bible institute at this point? Yeah, well, because <laughs> I think... <laughs> and, and by the way, we started it in the worst possible time. All right, 2020, we we, just, we planned this and worked at it, and then, of course, in the middle of the COVID pandemic. But um, God has blessed it anyway, and a Bible institute is really not about having respectability in the academic world. It's really a, a purpose-driven, focused training center to say, if you've got gifts, 
to serve the Lord, if you have a passion to want to be useful in the church, a Bible Institute takes you from where you're at to get you more prepared to do that. And so we're not concerned about accreditation and, and Pell Grants and, we're, you know, Title IX. It's just we, we, what we want is to train people. And so we have a school that we put together called Compass Bible Institute, and it's all about taking people in an affordable way, even though it is school and homework and assignments and papers and books to read, but it takes you from where you're at to equip you to be better at serving people in the church. It doesn't mean you're going to be a pastor or a missionary. I mean, you could be a small group leader. Uh, we're a certified uh, ACBC, if you know what that means, uh, Biblical Counseling Center. So we, we are trying to help people, whether you're counseling people biblically, whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, whether you're just discipling people in your church. Uh, we put together something that started with 50 students. It went to 100 students. It went to 150 students. And, and we continue to serve more and more people. We were able to acquire a facility. We've got classrooms. We've got a library. It's just it's off to a good start. I've seen the libraries. It's got a lot of your books in it, doesn't it? Does. It does. <laughs> I've donated several books uh, that I've read a couple times and said, hey, now it's time for someone else to read them. But yeah, the whole point of this is really to see if God might use Compass Bible Institute the way he used a lot of Bible institutes back in the day. And it was a movement of the late 19th century of really saying, well, we're not trying to be Yale. We're not trying to be Harvard. We're not trying to be a university. We're trying to train people to be useful Christian workers. And so that's what this is all about, and I think there's a niche for it today, and it needs to happen, and it needs to be attached to healthy churches. Matter of fact, a lot of Bible institutes in the end of the 19th century would not even start unless it was associated with a healthy church. So this is in combination. We give people a laboratory to use their newly found skills within the church. Now, you don't have to go to our church to be in the institute. But we do want you to be a part of a good church in your area, and uh, you know you can be a part of this in a in an online way, or better yet, come out to our Orange County campus here and take some classes and leave. We trust better equipped to serve the church. So what I hear you saying is, it's one thing to know the Bible; it's another thing to know how to be a leader inside of the church and to integrate the Bible into that. That's right. That yeah. World. I mean, you, you can know a lot, but we've got to be trained how to get it out of our mind and into people's lives, which is more than just teaching, although we do have plenty of classes about teaching and how to understand the Bible and teach the Bible. But it, it really is about you being able to integrate this into your service to other people. What's your hope for the church in the next decade? I'm, mm. I'm speaking uh, about the American church. Yeah, I I think we need to be done with the the distractions and we need to get back to the bread and butter of what it's all about. And I do think if churches commit to that and say, we're about the Bible, we're about prayer, we're about a high view of God, uh, you know, as my dad used to say, quoting other people, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? In other words, (laughs) if you just stick with the bread and butter, there are going to be hungry people that know the Lord that want to be in that church and say, we want that. And and, and we can get distracted. We can get into the circus of a lot of what goes on in modern uh, ecclesiology, modern church life. But I just think, let's let's find a church that where they pray together, where they care for each other, where they serve, where they evangelize, they preach the Bible, and they're unmoved by the culture, right? We care about the culture. We want to reach the culture, but we're not going to capitulate to the culture. And I think churches like that would do well. And I would encourage everyone listening to make sure that you are supporting a church that's all about that. 
You're listening to Pastor Mike Fabares with Focal Points producer Roger Kemp talking about the importance of radio ministry here on today's edition of Ask Pastor Mike. And if you want to learn more about Focal Point's 25-year radio ministry, please visit us at focalpointradio.org. And while you're on our website, I want to encourage you to request a special resource Pastor Mike has selected for our listeners this month. It's called Why Would Anyone Follow Jesus? 12 Reasons to Trust What the Bible Says About Jesus by author and evangelist Ray Comfort. In this insightful book, Ray tackles many of the typical and predictable challenges you'll hear as you go out and share your faith. Ray addresses intellectual arguments with skill, and he tackles troublesome topics like money and atheism with wit and wisdom. Most importantly, he explains why faith in Jesus Christ matters to your life right now. So get encouraged and get inspired to share your faith when you read Why Would Anyone Follow Jesus? And we'll send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book when you give a donation of any amount this month in support of Focal Point. Your donation will help us reach more people with clear, hard-hitting answers from Scripture. So donate and request the book when you call 888-320-5885 or donate online at focalpointradio.org. Or if you prefer to mail your donation, our address is Focal Point, Post Office Box 2850, Laguna Hills, California, 92654. Now, maybe you're new to Focal Point and aren't quite ready to give just yet. We'd still love to hear from you. And when you contact us, we'll send you a free booklet called Following Jesus, I'm a Christian, Now What? This easy-to-understand guide is perfect for new believers or to use as a tool for outreach and ministry. Following Jesus will teach you the basics of faith and Christian living. And it's our free gift to you today just for getting in touch. Find it at focalpointradio.org or call us at 888-320-5885. Well, that's all for today. I'm your host, Dave Drewy. Be sure to come back next time as we continue exploring God's Word together right here on Focal Point. This program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.